Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. two chunks and a hunk my name is jordan wonders and this week i am your chunk i'm doge and king kong ain't got chunk on me very nice very nice and i'm carter and oh mother hunker you shot me in the hunk (laughs) i like how hunk means two different things that's good you have to edit many quotes of this movie that That is very true true. It is very yeah. true. Uh, why? Uh, well, I'm not the why hunk. do you edit the? Not why do you edit yeah, the yeah, quotes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Are I you just want to know in general why. Just My general it, posture is that of inquisitiveness. Just in general, just kind of like, huh? It could be that there's never been more of a spiritual connection between the context of my quote and something that happened to me in terms mm. of how I it felt could about it. So, it could be uh, Chelsea. Uh, and I are currently have one of our favorite meals um, is this kind of like, it's almost like a, like a Mexican like sticky rice, but it's got like chicken and green chilies. And yeah. it's basically this Keep like talking. Mexican gumbo type yeah. thing. Mm. Uh, and of course, to add some of that creaminess, you're going to need a little bit of the avocado. Naturally. Avocado doesn't happen from the start. You got to, you know, avocados are so fickle. Anyways. Uh, the half that Chelsea has left for me at home for my lunch has the pit in it, which is great. If you leave the pit in an avocado, it helps it last longer for that half, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. And so normally I would get one of our knives and just give that that pit a little stab. A whack. Yeah, a yeah. Whack. And then kind of hit it against the trash can. Wait, get out. Do, you, do you stab it or do you whack it? Because if you stab I whack it, it, it's a whack. Okay. It's You're kind of like, it's like a machete. It's like a machete. I learned usually, that from Anthony on Queer Eye. Mm. Oof, he loves avocados. <laughs> I love avocados. I, hey, it's like I, I see learned it from a deep fear of a knife going through my palm. It's uh, That would never happen. Yeah. No, 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 no. Anthony's just like, uh, I see that you're from 
uh, Russia, and I'd love to do something for your culture. We're going to make guac for yes. your party. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I, I am like, no, I don't want to dirty another knife. Let me get a fork. That would be a stab at that point, my friends. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I'm mm-hmm. not thinking. I'm starving. I'm holding the avocado. I go to stab the pit. Uh, I graze the pit. Sure. And that slippery, the avocado is a pretty slippery fruit, is it not? Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. Slips off of the pit, straight through the avocado, straight through the skin, into my hand. Sure. Which oh, did no. bleed. So I did, I did, sta- if we go in and edit in post and just take away the avocado, I've mm. just looked at my hand and decided just with a fork to just stab it. Yeah. Dang, um, dude, that's why You really are a wolf. That's wild. Yeah. Did I'm it come pretty- out the backside? It didn't come out the backside. I don't okay. think it got. It got. I don't think it got too hey, close. But hey, the avocado did later. <laughs> the voice crack. Yeah, trying not to laugh so good. hard about talking about the avocado, avocado did later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I didn't cry though. I was persistent. That's pretty hunky. And I moved give, on uh, and finished the the mission of eating my meal. I'll give hunky for the lack of crying. I don't think I've ever been stabbed without crying. So, yeah. Really leaning into the fact not a lot is happening to us either during uh, these times of being It's a slow time. Really regretting not buying GameStop stock. But other than that, it's a slow time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's what what makes me hunky today. You live and you learn. Um, Which, you know, a lot of of this movie is about living and learning. Um, Mm. You know, it's the fourth part. The first part of the second part of our <laughs> Chooser's Choice 2.0 series where we are each bringing an actor uh, and two movies from said actor. This is Doge's second movie for Denzel Washington and the movie is called A Training, Training Day. Day. Um, and we're going to get into the fun, uh, juicy, meaty bits. But first, I do need a synopsis of said film. This week's synopsis was written by... Anna, an IMDb user whose username is their full email address. We're not CNBC, so we're not going to dox people on the internet. That's very true. Anna, you get to keep your anonymity. 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 (laughs) Anonymity. In Los Angeles, a city where streets are overrun by drug dealers, those who have sworn to uphold the law are breaking them to clean up the streets. Denzel Washington plays LAPD detective Alonzo Harris, a veteran narcotics officer whose methods of enforcing the law are questionable, if not corrupt. Training day follows Harris as he trains rookie Jake Hoyt over a 24-hour period. Ethical dilemmas arise for Hoyt as well as the audience as questions present themselves as to whether or not Harris's methodology for ridding the streets of South Central Los Angeles of drugs is right or wrong. Ooh. <laughs> that's, very, that's actually a very good synopsis. That's that great. Good that synopsis. belongs in a trailer, I, right? I take umbrage with one part, questionable if not corrupt. Let's no, just definitely, go ahead and slap corrupt definitely straight corrupt. on uh-huh. there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He's um, got some good points. It seems like what they teach in police school. <laughs> I want to ask each of you a question to start this podcast. Okay. We'll start. It's it's a few questions. How many jobs have y'all had? Oof. Uh, you don't have to be exact. Five? I think I've had five as well. I think, hold on. Five or six, maybe? I'm on six. I think I've had five jobs. Can you recollect a time that your first day was not what you expected? Yes. Oh, every time. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) this is the uh, 
best first day of work movie ever. And also <laughs> the, uh, oh my goodness. I kept, I kept during, I think I forgot that training day is literally like a 24 hour period of it's time. It's one day. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, no, he's still wearing that collared like beige button up shirt. He's, this is the same still day. the same day. This is yeah. the training day. I cannot believe what? all that happens <laughs> to him. This poor boy. Poor Ethan. This, this poor, poor, boy. poor boy. Oh my goodness. You said you had a couple questions. Did you have a second one? I, I had already asked the second oh, okay. one. I'm with you. Yeah. How good hey, was that first day? Yeah, that is. Yeah. So I also have a question. I have a question followed by a statement. And my question is twofold. One, Doge, this was your first time to watch this movie. That's what they tell me. Yes. That is exciting to me. Yeah. We'll obviously get into what you thought of it, but was this what you expected going in is my question. You know, I approach police movies, especially after the couple of years that we've had. Certainly. With an incredible amount of apprehension. Mm-hmm. So I tried to not expect much going in. And for much of the movie, I was pretty uneasy with the depiction of right. policing Los Angeles. Um, so no, I guess no, it was not what I expected. Right. Um, so my, my follow-up question is, um, you, having never seen this movie, what brought you to choosing this as your second Denzel movie? It's because Denzel won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Uh, this is, I, I brought, um, it's like if you have a dish that you make really well at home, kind of like, I mean, let's go with like maybe like a Mexican sticky rice. Sure. It's got avocado in it and stuff like that. And you hand love blood. it. Hand blood in it. And you're really familiar with it and you love it a lot. Hand, it's handmade kind of a, blood, yeah. Handmade mm-hmm. hand blood. And it's kind of a comfort food. And so you're like, man, I know that I love this food. And you go to a fancy restaurant and you say, oh my goodness, they've got avocado hand blood sticky rice on the menu, but this is a five-star Michelin man restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so you order it and it's amazing, but you know you're going to like it because it's also your comfort food. Mm. I think that's probably the best representation of my Denzel Coach Boone and Denzel Scary Officer Alonzo yeah, comparison. Yeah. I know Denzel's a comfort food because I have loved him and Coach Boone ever since the, the first time I saw Remember the Titans. And so this I knew is, that I would like him in this, right. even though he's won an Oscar for this and I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah that's good. Something that I've realized uh, about Denzel, and I've, uh, especially with our actors— I'm trying to go out and consume other content where people are either talking about the same movie or talking about the same actor. And with Denzel Washington, it's like it wasn't necessarily something that was agreed upon vocally, but everybody kind of refers to Denzel's roles like you would like a G.I. Joe or like an action figure. It's like this right. is training training day Denzel. Right. Coach Boone Denzel, right? Exactly. And I don't know if I heard if I've heard <laughs> other actors because no one says Terminator Arnold, right? It's Doesn't like that he's sound a Barbie. weird? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's 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 training day Denzel. And I think it's so funny. <laughs> it's Malibu Barbie and Ken. It's training yeah, day it's Denzel. It's funny that people do that. And I do think that it's out of some sort of reverence. Oh, yeah. Uh, certainly. Totally. Because each of these, each of these separate entities are their own universe, even though the 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 through line is Denzel Washington. Uh, I have a question for you, Doge. Uh, sure. Were you, and it's a silly one, maybe. Were you surprised that he won an Oscar for this? Um, it, it was tricky going into because I knew he won an Oscar. And he's won another Oscar too. He won for Best Supporting Actor in Glory. Yeah. Uh, but I picked this one because he was billed as, you know, Best best Actor, yeah. Lead Actor. Um, so I was surprised that he wasn't the main character, really. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, 
but I did I did go into this expecting Denzel to really bring the heat, and he definitely did. I am absolutely terrified of him by the end of this movie. Yeah, for sure. So, it is so simple. You know, you wouldn't say Hannibal Lecter is the main character of Silence of the Lambs, but Hopkins right. did win Best Actor. So right. it's a very similar supporting supporting type role of someone terrifying. Yes. I'm going to start today's episode by uh, planting my flag in a pretty strong opinion that I came by while watching this movie. And it is that Training Day is, by all definitions, a horror movie. Hmm. Could be. It's, it is a horror movie. I would movie. say by, by several definitions. I'd have to think about it on all. Yeah. It, it is a horror movie where, <clears throat> uh, what's his name? Alonzo is the Michael Myers of moral conundrums. Yeah. Like he is just stalking his way through moment to moment, dragging Jake into these yeah. moments of moral and ethical questionability. Yeah. Um, in a way that if you put yourself in Jake's shoes, there's almost not a scarier 24 hours that could happen. Oh my gosh. In the no realm way. of reality. Like this is such a terrifying movie, especially Doge, like you were saying, when viewed through the the lens of, is there some truth to some people believing this way about law enforcement? Like some people thinking that this is what they need to be doing. Like, this is so scary. Sure. I think this ultimately nails, like, like kind of presents that as a really false dichotomy, the wolf and sheep stuff. Yeah. I think it ultimately does a way better job of saying, hey, that's probably not the way to think about the world than like something like Joker does, which we all three were kind of pretty vocally like, hey, that's a bad message for a movie. Right, right. But we'll say though that that wolf and sheep stuff, that is by all accounts a huge source of the the kind of ongoing problem with policing in America is that wolf and sheep mentality is taught in a lot of places. Yeah. As well, far I'll as say this. It, one of my favorite things about this movie, because like you're saying, Doge, there's some troubling stuff, especially through like a lens of um, <laughs> that that those of us who have not had to deal with like police interference in our lives very frequently, we now are able to adjust our lens because we have more exposure to it through social media and news and just yeah. like exposure to like the people that have had to deal with that. But watching it, it is so unsettling, but I got to say, Maybe one of my favorite things, it was almost my super pump, obviously dethroned by something else, but one of my favorite things about this movie is Jake wins by not giving in to that gross exactly. type of police work. Like the I way say, that hey, I'm going to refuse to become a wolf. I'm going to yeah. continue to be compassionate. Yeah, he, he yeah. wins by being for the people of Los Angeles. Like yep. that is what saves his life on multiple occasions is that he is even through all of this, still really deeply committed to the idea of protecting and serving. Yeah. I think it is hard. I think it is really hard to find a more, uh, uh, what's a good word for this? I want it to sound nice and flowery and impressive, but a, a more uh, impressive duo of actors and interactions in a movie than Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington. Yeah. yeah. I really do feel like the two of them it's just so good. There was a certain realism to it. And even though this is one of, uh, Alonzo is one of Denzel's biggest characters. He like says this biggest. is his favorite role that he's ever played. Right. And, but there was a moment where you do get just a hint of like it, it feeling like real. Like there's a, such a reality to their reactions with each other. Um, because Ethan Hawke does manage to be such a genuinely like equal parts greenhorn uh Slash like this, he's got this fire in him, you know. Uh, he's I, I'm watching a lot of anime right now, 
And one of my favorite story arcs in anime is the guy who really wants something really bad. He's our protagonist. He doesn't have much outside of just heart and will, right? To like just keep pushing on and being just a good person. Uh, And to the point to where like he can hold his own, but boy, he's barely surviving, getting away from it. Like it felt so much like that arc. And it was kind of fun to watch those things alongside each other. But did you know this was almost Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire tried out for the role. I did see that. He was almost there. He was spending time like in narcotics and stuff, learning and accept, uh, uh, expecting to have that role. Man. And then Fuqua, who's our director, uh, Ethan Hawke becomes available and he's like, ooh, Toby, hey man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but, and not that I don't think Toby Maguire would have done okay in this role, but it needed to be Ethan Hawke. He gets a supporting actor nomination for this. Dude, Ethan yeah. Hawke um, is somebody who I don't feel like I get enough of, um, but when he is on, the dude is legit. I've read a thing that he's supposedly cast in the Moon Knight series. Really? Yeah, as, as the, villain. the villain opposite Oscar Isaac. Dude, he. I, did, I love it. Did either of you see First Reformed? It was weird. It's a weird. Oh no, weird I didn't. Movie. Um, kind of a tough watch, but he is spectacular. I don't know that I can even recommend watching. It, it falls in the same category as Denis Villeneuve's Enemy to me, where it's like, I can't really recommend it because I don't know that I even enjoyed it is the right word. Right. But you're glad you watched it. Yeah, I am. It's so yeah. strange. Um, but yeah, Ethan Hawke is just, and he's pretty young here, man. Um, I mean, Maybe. he had already started his Richard Linklater saga of a couple of movies um, by this point. But so some, I mean, the talent was clearly recognized, but he's young here and he is, I mean, he's holding his own. Oh, yeah. In scenes with Denzel Washington in his Denzeliest role ever. I mean, yeah. For real. There's, you know, he, uh, it's this wonderful, like, fuzzy line of, like, part of what we love about Ethan Hawke's character is that he manages to um, fight against and not drink the juice of the coercion that is Alonzo. But then you're also like, but that's also Denzel. Can you imagine at what point is Ethan Hawke trying to separate himself from being like, this is the, this is the most alpha actor. Yeah. You know, of all time. It's just so perfect. It's just such a perfect casting. Like, it yeah. had to be him. Yeah. It really did. I agree. <sighs> the entire dynamic, and it's not my super pump. I have a moment that is my super pump that we'll get to, I think, near the end of the episode. But uh, I teach persuasion, okay? So, uh, it's one of my favorite things in the communication context to teach. Uh, normally, at the beginning of that class, I'm showing everybody my... Um, like replica lightsabers and being like, you realize persuasion is basically the force. Like you have this influence over somebody. There's also a means to defend against it and things like that. But the You're entire such a time- cool teacher. <laughs> when you have, <laughs> so there's this chart. It. There is, uh, the, the textbook that I teach from, those writers argue that uh, almost all of human communication has the potential to influence, okay? And so I can't help but thinking of the context of this. And then you have something, uh, imagine a big circle and the center is pure persuasion and the outside of that is borderline persuasion. So pure persuasion would be seeing a Chick-fil-A commercial or having somebody telling you, hey, we should go get a chicken sandwich. Uh, The borderline persuasion is someone walking by with a bag of Chick-fil-A and you smell it, Mm, that familiar feeling. And you're like, okay. So the intent wasn't there from that person to persuade you. Uh, What kind of persuasion is it when your co-host is talking about chicken sandwiches and it makes you hungry? That's borderline persuasion. I'm not trying to get you to eat Chick-fil-A. You did borderline Um, persuasion. There's these five Nothing pie pieces. Nothing borderline about it for me. <laughs> yes. There's these five pie pieces, and I won't go through all of them, uh, but one of them is the difference between being non-coercive and coercive. So they would say pure persuasion is non-coercion. 
But borderline persuasion is coercion because there is, even though there are similarities, a big difference between putting a gun to somebody's head and saying, do this, but then also uh, knowing that, that that gun is made of chocolate, right? So, so uh, there's persuasion existing, but it's not necessarily coercion. Um, the balance of uh, the tumultuous balance and the fear and the white knuckling of the difference between persuasion and coercion from Alonzo in this movie is overwhelming. It is such an emotional roller coaster how much he just flips a switch. Yep. Yeah. And 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 you can't tell. He is so good. I love that we get uh Jerry Lundergaard and then Alonzo. Both right. of them <laughs> for different reasons are trying to get a lot of money, uh, honestly the same amount of money. Um but they have yeah. they have these motivations and they they are just building these lies, right? Yeah. That ultimately come to their demise, one of them far more drastic than the other, but it is I, I can't get over how much was put into and how important it was for those interactions. Um, it's just it's brilliant. I'll go ahead and say my super pump. I know I'm talking yeah. so much, yeah, but do I it, do, it. No, do, do it. it. Bring it on. I geek out about communication. So clearly, my super pump is when Ethan is. Uh, I need to start referring to him by his character name, Jake. Jake. Jake is like beat down, right? And he is coming to Alonzo's neighborhood mm-hmm. for Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Those three, including Terry Crews. <laughs> Terry Crews, who has we, no lines, but too many muscles. <laughs> yes. We've got, we've got the three of them standing to guard Alonzo, like the gate to get to Alonzo's house. Ethan holding a gun. Very clearly, you can tell he is coming to hurt He's there Alonzo. on business. Yeah. He's there on business. I'm here to see Alonzo. And they sit there and just let him pass. Gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. That is my super pump. That is the moment... That is the catalyst moment that we start to see, okay, everyone knows Alonzo. It's better if Alonzo doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I, that is such a powerful and po- possibly easily missed moment of just getting hints of you don't mess with him. You know, outside of we've had, you know, we've had the three wise men. We've got all these different pockets of demographics and characters that are like, oof, Alonzo. Yeah. But he gets the job done. But just to say like, now we're done, massive for me. Massive. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so good. I mean, it really is this movie is masterful in so many ways. Um and one thing I want to talk about just a little bit to spend some time on is it, it occurred to me while like dead middle of the watch and it was about the time that uh he makes the joke Alonzo of it's not like I it's not like somebody put a gun to your head to smoke that PCP. The the weapon of choice Alonzo's weapon of choice is gaslighting, yeah. which which is such an interesting concept to me that I feel like has come to the forefront due to national politics and that political situation. It's come to the forefront over the last few years. Like I had never, I had heard of gaslighting, but hadn't really thought about it much probably up until the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like it's it's at the forefront and it's constantly being talked about and watching the use of gaslighting as a weapon in this movie is so strange because there are moments watching where Alonzo says things and I'm like, I mean, I guess he's right. Like, yeah, that was exactly my reaction after uh, after they stole a million dollars from that guy. Right. And then killed him. When Alonzo's in the car, like, no, this that guy wasn't my friend. The world's he better without him. The world's better without him. Sometimes you got to do that. And I was like, oh, maybe he's right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and then, I mean, he and then does you zoom out again, it. you're like, nah, no, 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 no. Right. Exactly. Right. That cowboy justice, there's no room for that in an actual law enforcement. You know, when you're sure. watching something like uh, The Punisher or like The Equalizer, another Denzel movie, where it's this yeah. over-the-top fictitious level of cowboy justice. Same, I think same director too. Right. I think you're allowed to root for it at that point because you know that you would never actually root for it in the real world and it's not grounded in that. It's just an action movie. But in this, when that cowboy justice is being done by somebody with a badge, it becomes so much more scary and like I am unable to root for it, which I think is the point. I think so too. Um, But it's so, um, you know, well, I'm I'm planning on talking a little bit about, um, a little bit about, David Ayer, who wrote this movie, um, probably in the second half of this episode. But there's another David Ayer movie that uh, stars Jake Gyllenhaal called End of Watch that I actually Mm. almost brought instead of Donnie Darko and Mm -hmm. chose not to because the movie kind of glorifies that cowboy behavior from police officers, um, which at the time it was being made was still problematic, but not as uh, spotlit and forefront as it is right now. Yeah. Um, but I feel like what this movie does differently, because David Ayer wrote this movie. I mean, he 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 is in everybody knows David Ayer is in love with Los Angeles and the tension between Los Angeles law enforcement and like like civilians on the street. Like we yeah. know this. But this movie feels like it's much more thoughtful in its messaging than something like End of Watch. Um it, it feels like there's there's a lot more care put into, hey, just so everybody's on the same page, this is bad. Right. Where end of watch, I feel like that line is blurred. And so I, I think it's impressive to me that we get a movie where the main weapon utilized by the the villain, the Michael Myers figure, is gaslighting and lying. And yet the hero is somebody who doesn't go in guns blazing. In fact, I don't think, I think the only time he fires his gun is to shoot Alonzo in the butt cheek. Yep. He never kills anybody and he's he's deemed a hero because- his final decision and his driving motivation, the whole movie is, I'm still for the people of Los Angeles. I'm still yeah. for the people of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I think that's weirdly beautiful. And, you know, obviously, this is a no-duh sentence, but in 2000, was it one? In 2001, nobody knew what 2021 would look like. But watching this in 2021, it felt weirdly refreshing to have this glimmer of hope in a movie this dark. Yeah, I think it's actually aged pretty well which most police action movies definitely have not. Looking at you, Lethal Weapon. Oh my goodness, looking at you, Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Wishing I wasn't looking at you, Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I'm too old for this hunk. Um, I, yeah, I, I love what you had to say about that, Jordan, and, and the fact too that in the end for Jake, in having so many people there at that big, you know, King Kong has nothing on oh, the yeah. moment. Oh yeah. Like it, that was, that was the manifestation that the city was with Jake as well. You know, it was like this, um, you know, uh, getting rid of the greater evil for the greater good. That moment was almost my super pump, by the way. I'm actually shocked by what my super pump ended up being on this watch. It's Snoop Dogg, isn't it? It's It's Snoop Snoop Dogg. It is Snoop Dogg, yeah. (laughs) Dude, I love Actually, He did great. I think he's fantastic. He actually did. He actually did really well. Macy Gray, not so much. Snoop Dogg did really good. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was that Macy Gray for real? I didn't look. That it's, was her. It yeah. sounds just like, dude, that's bananas. Yeah, sure. Macy yep. Gray. I thought Dr. it was Dre. weird. Like, I thought it was weird. Lot of when she when she taps her nails and she's like, <laughs> I tried <Don't>. to <laughs> say goodbye. No. <and> I tried. <laughs> no. 
Is that even her? I think it is. That is her, yeah. Okay. Game's changing. <laughs> I love her voice. I should have known it was her because it sounds just like. Yeah. yeah. She's like, bring back my money. <laughs> yeah, just chasing him down. Dude, I'll tell you this. This is oh, my man. second time watching Training Day. And same. I loved it so much more this time than the first time. I feel like I'll like it a well, lot better next time because I won't a, spend the whole time feeling so uneasy and gross. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For me, you know, my first watch was you got to see a Denzel won an Oscar. You know, yeah, it was sure. it was more about just like trying to. And again, this is me watching it when I was probably like 15, you know, so it's like. Right. I don't think I had the capacity to see the other parts of this story. You know, it's funny. We talk about that even with Coach Boone in Remember the Titans. There is so much contextually about the world and the culture that you're living in that have you, uh, on the rewatch, appreciate things even more. Sure. That were most of the time very intentional, you know, and, and having this this awareness of that. Yeah. Um, That's good. It's really good. I'm and- realizing how much Denzel, the uh, Alonzo-Jake relationship reminds me of— uh, Lecter Clarice, the Lecter Starling. Totally. Mm. And we got a crossover yeah, so here funny. with a uh, old boy Jack Crawford, Scott we got Glenn. Crawford. Yeah, Jackie Crofts. Yeah. So that's fun. Gets popped. Hey, have you guys ever noticed that Scott Glenn is the third Pokemon evolution of Dermot Mulroney? He very much is. <laughs> Dermot Mulroney's the, the middle. It's Dermot's final form. Yeah. His most powerful. <laughs> it, there were a couple times where he was talking and I was like, where? I know that's Scott Glenn, but that voice sounds so familiar. Oh, we just watched The Family Stone. It's Dermot Mulroney. It's the same voice. (laughs) Which is so strange. The other thing that's strange uh, when you really think about it is that it is time for Shout Announcements. Ready to win, ready to rhyme, ready to do the Shout Announcements time. It's time for Shout Announcements. Wow, dude. Here we go. I can tell you just watched a Snoop Dogg movie. I'm a silly boy, you know. Look, here's- oh, I thought it was Cool Runnings, but <laughs> it was actually a little inspired by Cool Runnings. <laughs> Kiss the egg. Anyway, I am so excited about what's happening on Patreon. Let me explain it. Patreon lets you engage with us in new ways. That first tier, official chunkies, that's $3 a month. Look, I'll tell you exactly what Wall Street's been telling you for the last week. If you just forego one avocado toast and one coffee, you'll have more than enough money. More than three months worth. Yeah, Yeah. three months worth right there. Avocado toast is expensive. (laughs) Especially if it's got ham blood in it. (laughs) Especially if it's, yeah, that's that's that artisanal type stuff. (laughs) Um, That first tier, tier official chunky, $3 a month. That gets you access to bonus content, bonus episodes, bonus polls, all kinds of bonus. Hey, Jay Beans, what's our bonus episode for this series? I'm very excited about this. So in Chooser's Choice, we're all picking, you know, (laughs) the best actors and their best movies. So we figured our bonus Patreon episode should probably be the worst actor in his worst movie. Um, this is a person who's very dear to our hearts. Uh, it's our spirit animal, animal, if there know. was one. Yeah. Vin Diesel, uh, in his lowest rated movie ever, uh, seminal classic, The Pacifier. Yeah. <laughs> it's I am terrible. older than The Pacifier's Metacritic score. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I rented <laughs> I rented the pacifier from Blockbuster more times than its Metacritic score. Dude, honestly, that Probably might be true for my family. We rented it a bunch. We, I rented it a, a lot of times. Movie. That and RV for some reason were like I've never seen it. It's terrible. Um yeah, but I'm we excited. also no, have, you'll love it. 
We have a new <laughs> tier. The two official, two chunky tier. Also, that's pretty Vinny. Um, for an extra $2 a month, that's a total of $5, you do get access to a private Discord server with us. And it is popping off over there. And it's I got to so tell fun. you. It really is a blast. We're going to reveal this a great now. Time. So those of you that actually listen to Shout Announcements, you get it here first. I think we revealed this last week. We might have revealed I this last we week. Said this. Look, the final two weeks of Chooser's Choice, the actor will be decided by our Discord server. And that yep. message to make that decision is going out this week, the week you are hearing this if you're listening on release. So get into Discord. Make sure you are ready to make your choice because you get direct influence for the first time from behind the scenes of who we will be talking about. I mean, some of the most influence, right? I would Especially say the with most how, so far. Yeah, we've got a good amount. We've, we've got a really encouraging amount of people that have already gone up to that Discord tier. Yeah, it's getting but, fun. I mean, the numbers are easy. The stats are easy. Like, uh, there's way less voices to have such a big influence over, you know, our polls that will It is actually too. stressing me out how big of a decision that is and how soon it is and how much I have no idea what movies are going to be. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is like the closest to the abyss that I think we've ever come. <laughs> yes. Uh, something else. I got no transition for it. Rate it's and okay. review. Please. Um, please continue to do that. Something like this happens though. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to rate the Amazon app, sure. right? They're fine. They're settled. They're making money. And I know that that's synonymous with two chunks right now. But we, fine, we still settled are and making money, baby. We are still, you know, we're not in the we're not in the public. Uh, uh, we're not on the stock market yet. We, you can't buy shares in two chunks. You couldn't on Robinhood anyway if you wanted to. Or our LLC company. Um, but we are still small enough that those things are massive influence on us. So please go in, rate and review. Follow us on the Instagram. Follow us on the Twitter. Uh, and and you'll definitely enjoy that. And it, it is such a big, big help. Speaking of things that are big and big, that's two modifiers re referring to the gargantuan size of these things. I am so, I am personally <laughs> maybe more excited than I've ever been this about our next series coming <laughs> exclusively up. Exclusively born from Doge's brain. It, alone, I'm so pumped too. There I'm was a moment, uh, and I don't even remember how many weeks ago it was now. Maybe days. Could I don't know when it was. The Godzilla versus Kong trailer came out. That's true. And in this, big monkey punch big lizard off top of boat into water. Make my brain so happy yes. because of that. Our next series is going to be called Zillarilla. Oh, and we're yes. going to be diving face first into the deep kaiju-filled waters of the Godzilla oh, yes. and Kongiverse. Uh, yeah. With a bonus, a bonus movie thrown in there too to, to make sure we hit the Godzilla versus Kong release. But... We're going to be spending a lot of time with these very big monsters. I have only seen the uh, of these in this continuity. I've only seen the 2014 Godzilla. Same, and would give it maybe a six out of ten in terms of is this a good movie, but an eleven out of ten in terms of is this really fun to watch. <laughs> and I'm very excited, uh, especially with these all these dark gritty dramas <laughs> in Choosers Choice right. Two. I'm very excited to watch something that is unapologetically big, dumb, and loud. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like so we've fun. been studying uh, for the tax test for so long. It was toss for me, right? We're just in these like, or it's like yep. the bar exam. And they're like, hey, after this though, let's all grab a bat and go out to one of those things where you can just do whatever you want to this junk car and <laughs> right. just beat yeah. it up. That's what it yeah. feels like. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm genuinely so excited. Like I've got like, I was really excited when we finally did Star Wars. 
I might be a little more excited for these. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, boys, it's time for me to super pump. Okay. My super pump is Denzel Washington in this sure. movie. Sure. Because of course it is. Denzel is the reason that I picked this movie, so how could I not super pump him here? Um, he was also my super pump for Remember the Titans. And I know that feels kind of like a cop-out to be like, I love this boy, I'm going to super pump him. But I really, I mean, it really is completely amazing. Such a standout performance from Denzel. Yeah. Totally. Which made me start thinking, I... We talk a lot about what Denzel does in this movie, but for me to bring Denzel, I need to know a little bit more about him as a person. So I've got a game where you guys can help me learn more about Denzel. Ooh. And it's born from the fact that if Denzel says his last name very quickly, it sounds a lot like the word questions. So we're going to play a game <laughs> called Washington Questions. Um, okay. <laughs> I love I'll, it. I'll allow it. Washington? Question? Yeah. Right? You can hear it, right? I can hear it. Say it with more teeth. Try and get more teeth in it. We're playing a game called Worcestershire. You can also play that game with Gary Busey. That sauce sauce is pretty good for like a nice smoky flavor. (laughs) I'm going to ask you guys true or false questions. You got to tell me if you think it's true or you think it's false. This is from the trivia section of IMDb on Denzel Washington's page. Beautiful. Denzel is a huge, enormous fan of the show Burn Notice. Yeah, I'm going. That's yeah, obscure. he feels like he feels like characters welcome over there. I'm gonna say true era. as well. That's true. That is false. He oh. hates it. Denzel is a huge fan of the show Monk, and his dream <gasps> is to work with Tony Shalhoub. Shut How has that not happened? Uh, they both are big enough to make that happen anytime they want. True or false? Denzel Washington is named after his father, Denzel Washington, who in turn is named after the doctor who delivered him, Doctor Denzel. I Please want be, that true. To be true. That is true. That yeah. is one hundred percent true. It's an ancient family name. <laughs> <laughs> That's it awesome. Carries such power. True or false? Denzel was considered for the role of Brixton, Idris Elba's role in Hobbs and Shaw. False. False. I want it to be true. That is false. He was considered for the role of Mister Nobody, but it went to Kurt Russell instead. Okay. Uh, but what's funny though? Is that is a situation that Russell fits that better to me personally? He does I think Russell's way better? Yeah, it needed to be Russell for that because Denzel. If Denzel only showed up for that long, you're like, yeah. dude. Well, imagine bummer. Denzel being in a role called Mister Nobody. You'd be like, boo, Mister <laughs> Somebody. I mean, Kurt Russell's Mister Somebody. That's though. true. That's a good point. That's true. Those piercing blue eyes. True or false? Newsweek magazine once used Denzel Washington as a key example of what makes a human being biologically beautiful. Repeat it for me, slowly. Newsweek magazine. Yes. Once used Denzel Washington. Yes. As a key example of what makes a human being biologically beautiful. It's true. I'm going to say false, and you've like changed the name. It's like GQ or something. It's like a different No, that's 100% true. Wow. That's 100% true. 
That's in 2006, they published a study about the biology of beauty, and Denzel Washington was their key example of what is a biologically beautiful human being. It makes probably total like, sense. They're to probably me, like, hey, look at all the symmetry of his face. Honestly, though, look at his son. Though the genes, the genes yeah. are genes powerful. run strong. They are. It sucks that he broke the ancient naming tra- tradition and named his son John David instead of Denzel. Yeah, he's a Dr. John. Denzel. He's a total John David, though. He does seem like a John David. I've got one more for you guys. Okay. Denzel Washington, who won an Oscar for his portrayal of a crooked, terrifying cop, was given the title police chief for a day. True. Please be yeah, true. Yeah, true. I want, it's true. 100% true. Of he where? was a child. He was a child. It was oh, a Boys oh, and Girls oh. Club thing. Oh, oh. <laughs> cool. This has been cool, cool, cool. Washington Questions. Washington Questions. I love it. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. He um, does feel like a, he feels like a tall tale. Like it feels like there's just so many stories about Denzel. I got one more for you. True, false. Denzel Washington once roamed North America with a big blue ox named Babe. <laughs> true. Yeah, that false. one's true. That I'm one's thinking verifiable. That's, I'm thinking that's false. So the, it's interesting. So Denzel, I mean, he's just chomping, chomping scenery. He is just, oh, I mean, sure. he is the black hole vortex into which this movie is sucked. Like he is the, he's the singularity yeah, deep he's, at its core around which it all revolves of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, he should be everyone's super pump. And yet for me, he is not. Was your Snoop? Yeah. Mine is Snoop Dogg. <laughs> who, by the way, I want to say one more time, honestly killed it. Hey, more like puke dog. Oh, he did have to vomit. That's true. <laughs> Carter's confused face. <laughs> Carter was like, why would you say that about Snoop? Why would you do that about the What's DLG? wrong with you? <laughs> I, I, I genuinely feel like Snoop Dogg is probably one of the nicest people in the world. Every story I've ever heard about him is the dude is just so cool. I am enamored by him. Yes. I agree much. Now, what, what I want to talk about though, so I, I'm finding myself in an interesting situation where my super pump and super dump are the same scene. They are happening simultaneously. Hmm. And it is when our poor boy, Jake is playing cards and also being held captive. With Tuco? Yeah, with Tuco. Tuco Salamanca. so scary. He's so scary. Do you think Vince Gilligan was just like, can you do what you did in training day? No, I honestly do. Yes, I do. I do think that. Because that is, that is. It's the same thing. And I feel like he feels like, like, tight, tight. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like when he has those moments where you can just clearly tell that he's crazy, it is the same feeling I get seeing the fin of Jaws in the ocean. Right. I get so (laughs) anxious and I'm like, he's going to kill him. Yep. They're going to die. Whoever this is in the ocean is dead. Doesn't care if you're good or bad or your friend or not. Very good. So here we go. And I'm going to start with super dump so that super pump ends us on a high here with this scene. But my super dump is, and it's not, I'm not the first to level this criticism against the man. And I'm sure I won't be the last. David Ayer, evidentially, David Ayer has had a conversation with one Latin American individual and has based every Latin American character he has ever written on that one individual. Yeah. Um, in all of his movies, <clears throat> and and I get, you know, maybe regionally in LA, like there is like a stereotype that he has found himself like running into, I guess. But it it just seems like he writes his movies as though Latin Americans speak and behave one way. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just a little problematic to me when— Oh, it definitely is. And, and 
I want to be clear. I don't have a problem if that archetype is present in a movie as long as it does. The problem for me is that it seems like that is such a one-dimensional and all-encompassing archetype that he has created. It's very Grand yeah. Theft Auto. It, it is, is very Grand Theft Auto. And it's like, yeah, I mean, literally everyone on the screen who is a Latin American individual is the same person. Just this one character. Yeah. And it's just troubling. Um, and we, we bump into that several more times through David Ayer's movies. Even in Suicide Squad, the same criticism was leveled I mean, against— Hank, we, Suicide Squad did win an Oscar. So we just sure, we got to cut it a little bit of What slack. I meant was David Ayer's uh, Academy Award-winning film, Suicide Squad. But Dude, and that's not even the Ayer cut. I heard that's good. <laughs> I heard that's good, and there's, there's more than one type of Latin American individual yeah. inside of it. Um, <laughs> now, okay, so that's my super dump. With that said— this sequence from, uh, hey, do you play cards all the way to letting mm. him go is my super pump mm. because this is Clarice alone at the wrong house. Yeah. This is when, when you realize, and it, for me, it happens before Alonzo's car is gone. Do you know you can hear it driving off? No, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Really? Yeah. For me, it, it is about the moment when they ask, can I see your gun? Yep. And then you notice that they take the magazine. I don't know what it's called. Somebody that likes guns is going to be mad about that. The magazine. The gun holder. The, the gun cartridge. Where's the, the bullets like, go? The bullet Pez. They take the bullet Pez dispenser and they yeah. put it out of his reach. That's the moment when, when my hackles go up, when my hair starts to stand up. And I'm like, oh, no. And this scene is so masterfully crafted. And Ethan Hawke is doing such a good job of being wary and looking around and realizing that something is very wrong. Yeah. And these three guys are doing such a good job of being scary and intimidating. And then we get the flip when we realize you saved yourself now by being a good dude earlier. Yeah. yeah. And that that payoff is just yeah. chef's well, kiss. It's so good too because it is a confirmation and one of the many... Uh, times that we get the beat of really though but no one's as bad as Lonzo. Right. Yeah. Right. right? Some people some people are good. Most right. uh, no one is as bad as Alonzo, you know. Right. For them to be like, "Hey, you know, you saved my cousin basically. You you got lucky. Don't bleed on you're bleeding all over my floor." You know, yeah. it's like well, and yeah. okay. There, there's something weirdly respectable in a in a movie set in a world like this when you hear the phrase like, "Man, it's just business." Obviously, that's scummy and scary in a real life scenario. But in a movie as dark as this, hearing it's just business and not we hate you and it's, you know, like there's something so relieving about they're just going to let you go because they didn't want to kill you. They just got paid to do it. Yep. I don't know. I just think that whole scene is perfect. No, I'm glad. Like, it's like a five minute perfect yeah. sequence. Yeah. There are, yeah, it's, it's, it, uh, training day feels like it has acts, like it has 100%. Because uh, there's so much, I forgot how much setting is in the car. You know, we have all these separate, like, uh, yeah. it's it's these bridges to kind of have a conversation about the morality of what just happened and move on to the yep. next scene. It is the anti-buddy uh, cop movie with all that time in yeah, the car. Yeah, it's like absolutely. whatever the opposite of that is. Yeah. The, My, frenem the frenemy cop. The frenemy yeah. cop movie. Yes. <laughs> My moment in another house that is just as good and tense in a different way to me, and you might know what I'm talking about, is yep. when he is actually there to get Alonzo. Yep. And we have the moments with the child. 
and we have our uh, Airbud moment of <laughs> where is he? Is he going to the clown or is he going to the kid Dude, that loves him? He just had some tapioca pudding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's right there in the middle, and you know, it's it is it is tough because it does feel like uh, it feels like the most drastic arc is Jake, even totally. though he remains unchanged in his soul. Yeah. Uh, but there is something with Alonzo, and one of my th- there's such a subtlety to the job that Denzel does here because they do have, and uh, it's not as subtle when you start to realize like cinematically uh, in terms of editing and then probably the director with, with Fuqua's direction of, of having just his eyes sometimes Yep. yep. To, to go ahead and say, Hey, you know, uh, Denzel, let's give us a moment, show us that Alonzo actually genuinely kind of likes Jake, like kind of respects yeah. Jake. Right. And sees himself, but he's just so deep. Yeah, that he has to snap back to his reality yep. and be like, no, 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 I'm gonna, oh, uh, yeah. And talking about like scenes, the whole scene with, uh, with coming back to Crawford's house to shoot him oh, is yeah. the yeah. most where Denzel's like completely in shadow except for one of his eyes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I'll tell you this: two things about that that house. I'm gonna rewind to what you were talking about, Carter. Back at the house when Jake's going after Alonzo. Um, the shotgun under the bed is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That turns yeah. on the little... Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's number one. Number two, this moment proves my horror movie theory. Oh, where, oh, where has my little Jake gone? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that is some some horror movie stuff. It does make me feel better that I'm better than Denzel at singing. Yeah, because yeah. he's really bad at that, and so just that's a little, just a little win for me. But maybe Alonzo's W in the Doge column. Maybe Denzel's great. He's in character. Maybe he's yeah. so good at singing that he's acting like he's bad at singing. <laughs> uh, I, I have a question. I know we still have some of the movie to talk about, but you know we have together created. It might have been something that I started, but like the our, our kind of villain Rushmore, right? Sure. Yeah. Is there a place for Alonzo Harris here? There's an argument to be made. Certainly. Certainly. I think who I we had, know. who I have personally, is Lecter, who feels pretty immovable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, I have, he's the I have, Washington. Uh, I have Anton Sugar. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you I so have, far. I have Annie from Gone Girl. Poof. Yeah. Okay. And I Didn't have, you have Regina uh, George. I think you have Regina Wasn't George on there, fourth? right? Yeah, I have Regina George up there, <laughs> um, just because she's just. Yeah, she's a different kind of realistic, awful, yet yeah. fictional. I think another person that I had considered was, um, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but Joaquin Phoenix's character from Gladiator. Commodus. Commodus. Commodus is way up there for me. But yeah. I don't know. It feels like Alonzo's got a shot. There, yeah, there, like I said, to me, there's totally an argument to be made here that he is like an all-time great. Yeah. Yeah. We're all getting um, a little bit change of subject. We're all getting some Caesar vibes. At the end, like Julius Caesar, like uh, just people turning on him. I guess that was more of like a assassination than anything. Just how in the end, with the Russians, you mean? N- no, not that. I'm saying like uh, in the cul de sac when he has his big speech. Oh, yeah, yeah of, of everyone yeah. turning on him. Um, that to me reminded me of nothing so much as Scar asking the hyenas for help. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, that's so good. Right. That's much <laughs> yeah. better. I yeah. will say though. Uh, I brought up the Russians. The Russians are my super dump by a country mile. Sure. The Russians as an entity are a cartoon in this movie. Yeah. Like this isn't Rocky and this isn't Lethal Weapon. Why are our bad guys just 
quote the Russians. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like it a weird really feels reverse like, MacGuffin. Like, well, sure. It's like, and he kind of just happened into this debt where he owes them money because he lost his cool and killed one of their guys. Like, I understand that it's his hot headedness uh, and his temper and his inability to behave like an officer of the law should behave that got him into this situation. But I think it would have been so much more powerful if it was like like uh, one of the gangs in L.A. that he has just repeatedly like practiced injustice on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's some sort of direct consequence of his horrible strategy for policing Los Angeles that gets him killed rather than like, oh, he was just off in another town and, and crossed the wrong dudes and then also did all this bad stuff. And it doesn't feel like they match to me. Well, and I feel like I agree with you. I, I don't care for that part of the movie. I think the point trying to be made, if I can play devil's advocate for a minute, is Alonzo got too big for his britches in LA, but he had his hands around too many throats and there's nothing anybody could do, but he took that same level of ego to a town he's got no sway in. Sure, yeah. but my my pushback would be like, I, I think that almost excuses it in LA then. I agree. If you say he uh, yeah. can get away with it in LA because he's a big shot there, well, let's write a story where he can't get away with it in LA. Sure. He thinks he's a big shot, but he's not. Which is, than he which is clearly is being hinted at, so let's have some consequences. It for is, that. but yeah, let's buy in all the way to that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I feel that. And yeah, the, the Russians are, are a, a super dump for me just because like, I mean, it's 2000. It's 2001. Well, and the mob style execution at the end is a weird contrast to like the sort of like gang life that we see everywhere else. Like it's-, it's Sure. It, no, what should have happened if we want the Russians to kill him with that stoplight? He's up next to the lady in the minivan. We zoom out and it's a wide shot and we just see the muzzle flash and hear the gunshot. And then yep. she drives away and his car doesn't move. Yep. Like it doesn't need to be this big gang execution. That Bonnie sequence where he's like, where he's like exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where he's he's, he's so a, an inflatable man in front of a car dealership. He's, he's, he's Kermit freaking out and running away from something <laughs> while he's being shot. It's so bad. That's a really bad spot in this movie yeah. for sure. Yep. I did love that immediately after that though. His like the the obituary the I guess voiceover. they read on air yep. is exactly the one that he yep. says yeah. about Jake. So good. Yeah. Oh man, it's good. Yeah, my super dump is super picky because that happens. Oh, with that's good weird movies. for us. That's allowed. That's allowed. <laughs> um, but I did think that was brilliant and ultimately a great ending. Mm -hmm. I would at least like some callback or like some conversation with his wife. Like at least let me uh, see him with his wife and kid. Or just see them sleeping or something, you know, and yeah. we hear that the radio stuff coming on. How do you uh, even instead talk of him just about walking that day? back to his house? Like, how do you go home and even talk about that day? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wanted a little bit more of a connection and a tether, like back to where we were 24 hours ago, you know? It, yeah. Like, can you believe this happened in a single day? Because he didn't see, even have to say anything. I just want to see them. There's something about the day. Like, I. As a concept, the all this happened in a day thing is really cool. And I love that. Right. But there's something about all this happened in one crazy first day on the job. And Denzel got executed by the Russian mob. That feels like it belongs to a different movie than the rest of this movie does. Yeah. What's you know what I mean? Those are a little bit more fantastical. That's the but same world as Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. And the rest of this movie definitely isn't. I think you know? there's an element though, like that's part of the plan. Like that's why Alonzo chose this day to be Jake's training is because it was right. his sort of up against it kind of day. They've been planning it for weeks. Yeah. And it was yeah. Jake's, it's not Jake's first day as a cop. You know, it's his first day right, training right, right. with that It's his unit. first day training on the narcotics unit. Right. Yeah. So, but, I, but I, yeah. I'm with you. It's a little <clears throat> far-fetched to be like, 
<laughs> all this stuff happened. Do you want to go get some lunch? And it's like, it's only lunchtime? Right, right. It's yeah. like like 24. Like in concept, amazing. But also Jack Bauer aged seven years over a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When does he eat? Um, <laughs> right. I uh, So I don't remember this movie being pitched as, can you believe this only happens in a day? Like when it was coming out as new, it's yeah. like, you won't believe what happens in a 24-hour time span. Uh, I think part of the the value to it actually being just a day is to highlight, um, hey, it is so corrupted that there are days like this that exist. You know, it's like, can you imagine being a, a fly on the wall or happening upon a day like this that actually exists often, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and and for that to be intimidating and scary, I think it helps that it's just 24 hours that we get. Yeah, that's good. Hey, you know, it is time to wrap up discussion and rate this movie. Uh, you know, in case you're confused, that movie's training day. We've been talking about it for like a minute now, so just At making sure that everybody's on the same page. Uh, we're going to rate that using science, the scientific cinema scale, to be precise. Uh, it's perfect, and it's as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. After that, the next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I buy the poster. Okay. I definitely Mm. buy the poster. And I didn't want to just let it be because there are those Oscar winning uh, moments for some of the biggest actors in the world that they're basically the best part about it, you know? Like, it, it happens, and then the the movie is probably not as rated as high as the actor's sure. uh, chops in that movie. Yeah. And that's something that I expected might happen with Training Day. Boy, this holistically is a really, really good movie to mm-hmm. me. And, and I buy the poster. And we do reference so many other genres, you know, because the the, the two-cop together thing has been around— since Mayberry, you know, like it's been right. around, it's been around for a very long time. And a very um, long time. Usually, though. usually wait, wading into those waters, you have a recognition that your audience has some form of, uh, whether conscious or subconscious, uh, expectation of what to get from that. Right. Um, and this one manages to stand alone in, in, in that kind of movie genre. And yeah, it's a buy the poster for me. I entered into this watch assuming that I was going to rent this movie based on my previous experience with it. Um, so I am pleased to announce publicly for the first time, I am buying the poster for this movie. Um, wow. Congratulations. That's huge for you. It's so good, man. It, it's just, <laughs> it's, I think I had my, I think I had my guard up, Doge, a little like you were saying, uh, going into it, wanting to be careful with, the subject matter. And I think it's handled mostly really well. I think it's aged very well. And I think on the shoulders of Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington alone, this movie deserves a poster buy. But then you add in Antoine Fuqua's direction, David Ayer's script. I mean, it's really good. It's a really good movie. Great soundtrack too. Mixed in with the score. You know, that's not always the easiest thing to do and have those still feel like they both belong. I fully acknowledge that this is a poster-worthy movie. I bought posters for lesser movies. But I'm having a hard time picturing hanging this poster on my wall because if somebody comes in my house, uh, and it's after COVID time, so I'm not afraid to have them here. We don't have to wear masks. <laughs> it's after COVID times. They come in my house and they say, what's that on your wall? And I say, it's a training day poster. And they say, I've never seen it. I'm probably not going to say, oh my goodness, let's watch it right now. So I think I'm going to buy this movie. Interesting. Because it is... 
incredibly intense. And it will be a while before I watch it again. It's a weird criteria for a poster. Listen, it changes every week. That's true. <laughs> I'm just trying true. to keep it interesting, keep it fresh. If people know what to expect, they're going to stop listening. The scientific cinema scale continually is reinvent ourselves. Simultaneously precise, exact, and uh, a moving target and impossible to nail down. Just no, like, listen. It sounds like science to me. Am I right? <laughs> if if Doge, if you're fatigued by us all saying the same thing, we we did just announce we're about to do Zilla Rilla. So Zilla Rilla. That I'm time buy every of every one of those posters though. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. What if you came into my house and it was a gallery wall of every Godzilla and King Kong poster that has ever been made? Hey, can Amazing. I tell you this right now? Listen to that's me when cool. I say these words. Wouldn't hmm. I know you so well and it wouldn't shock me even a little bit. Yeah, that's actually it really true. Wouldn't. <laughs> it genuinely would. I, I actually need to show you guys the Star Wars posters Jess got me for Christmas. They're in, hanging in my office right now. In fact, that's what fun. I would expect is that you would, I would look at those posters and go, they're cool. And you would go, I'm actually about to replace them. I designed my own so that they have a uh, an aesthetic that goes together. Man, yeah, you know I phenomenal. did that for all my MCU movies that I, I own know on Blu-ray and now yes. you put me on blast. I know you yes. did. Um, I do want to say next week, uh, continuing uh, Chooser's Choice, we are going to come to my second movie, Jake Gyllenhaal's second movie, and the fifth movie of the series. <laughs> it's darker, y'all. Yeah. Oh, it's just... <laughs> dude, we have uh, punfully intended... Donnie Darko kind of began the rabbit hole down Oof. which we travel. Um, yes. Next week, we Listen. will be watching and talking about Nightcrawler. Um, can you can all you Discord folks pick like Jonah Hill or Michael Sarah <laughs> or something, please? Let's get some Scott Pilgrim in here instead of all these grumpy, gloomy, sad movies. Yeah, so we're going to watch Nightcrawler and just go ahead and, you know, pre-toothpaste your toothbrush, warm up your shower, open your blinds for the sunlight because you're just going to need a, a, a fresh start after that one. Yeah, get ready for some self-care. Uh, but I'm really excited about watching that, so... Please. I do, do love it. that movie. I'm very pumped. Hop I've on seen the Discord. all the others now. I've seen the others, so there it's not going to okay. be a first time. Good. Hop very on good. the Discord. Uh, you get to have some say in what's coming next. Upgrade to two official, too chunky. We want you. We need you. We miss you. And Come it's just on over. fun. It's like, just I, fun I didn't, also. I thought it would be fun, but I didn't really know what to expect. Here's it's the trend so fun. that I've noticed so far already in Discord. I know we're running out of time, but the trend seems to be people tag at Carter. And then they're like, grandiose idea. And then people tag at Doge and they're like, really thoughtful question. And then people tag at Jordan and they're like, come weigh in on this with a really strong opinion, please. <laughs> Sorry, that was loud. It's like, it's like, I think Carter could be president of the moon. And then they're like, Doge, I need to better understand the intricate inner workings of personal relationships between fathers, son, and their children in film, television, and movies and books. And then they're like, <laughs> Jordan, does mustard belong on pretzels? <laughs> and I'm like, you bet it does. Honestly, the answer is definitely yes, it does. Oh, every type of mustard belongs on every type of pretzel. Man, except I got for the, the spiciest, spiciest, stinkiest mustard of all time in my fridge right now. And I'm I trying to it. find more things to eat it on. Hey, I found a slider restaurant by me. There's also one in Plano at Legacy Hall. It's called Son of a Butcher. And I had Ooh. a slider. Uh, it was a PB&J slider with caramelized onions, bacon, gouda, crunchy peanut butter, and blackberry jam on top of a I'm wagyu beef it. patty. Um, what I, is happening? I, Wagyu very much. Your memory 
is something different. <laughs> Your memory is is Dustin Hoffman Rain Man Rain Man levels on sandwich ingredients. Uh, five minutes I don't see to too Wapner, good on the Zoom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is that Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind down there on my Zoom call? I can't really it tell. Had, it had a uh, 98 granules of salt and 124. <laughs> you know, it's just like what? Hey, the other slider was also a Wagyu beef patty, but it had barbecue burnt ends. Oh, yeah, guys, this place is nuts. And they have almost lunch. They have Nashville hot cheese curds. I, anything Nashville hot, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I will have it. I will try. How it. about how about you serve us up one of your famous Nashville hot outros? Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> that sounds good too. It does sound good too. And today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and what profession would make training day a little more lighthearted and a little more silly. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and if training day was actually about somebody's first day on the job at a laser tag arena, I think this Ooh. movie would sound a little something like this. I'm just kidding. I think it would be really fun, though. <laughs> I was like, are you going to do a scene and from that this would, movie? That would be Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, by the way. Yeah, it absolutely would be. I'm Doge, and the gritty reimagining of training day from the folks you'd least expect takes place at Monsters Incorporated Scare Factory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No more said. Which is, That's perfect. Which is a little bit Monsters, Inc., right? We do un- uncover a person with corrupt tactics and find sure. out it goes all the way to the top and I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. That's a good point. Dude, they're the same movie, basically. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, While you lean into Monsters, I'll lean into Aliens. I think it would be a fun concept to, like late 90s, be like, hey, Aliens have been here for a while. And and we kind of need to track them down and and uh, attain them. And so if you've yeah. got like some guy just thrown into it, you know, yeah. out of nowhere, maybe like a Will Smith type, almost like a Will Smith type. Isn't that and kinda- he's just basically being trained? <laughs> that sounds a little by, like by like that- the oldest wrinkliest cowboy. Yeah. Hey, yes. sorry, I'm really zoned in on this laser tag thing. I think Michael Sarah is the trainer. I think he's worked at this laser tag place for a minute. Jonah Hill is a disgraced former disbarred lawyer who can't get any jobs. He's kind of just, he's just sick of it. Like he's just kind of over it, like everything, whatever it is, he's just kind of sick of it. And uh, he's got a buddy that tells him kind of jokingly, why don't you go get a job down at uh, the laser factory? And he, uh, which is the name of the laser tag place. And then he just kind of, at the end of his his rope, he does go and apply for that job. And Michael Sarah is the one who trains him. And uh, what they discover is that there is a team of bank robbers using the laser tag arena as a training ground to stage trainings for their bank heist. And they're the only ones who know about it. And they have to put a stop to it before the training is completed in the laser tag arena and actually moves to the bank. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.